0: The a Woodside Church
1: podcast. Good morning. You're all right? Yes, nice. You have no other choice to say anything else, isn't it? <laughs> right, okay. How many of you are tired? Oh, yes. I can understand. I can understand. Yes, we all are tired, right? I just... Um, Thank you for praying. I was about to say, when I came up here, the first thing I wanted to start off with was to say, can somebody pray for me, please? <laughs> right? Um, but Felix just spontaneously prayed for me. I just want to pray for the tiredness, all that we are facing, and that, that, that it doesn't become a disturbance for us to focus on the Word of God. Father, you know what we are going through. Lord, we don't have to explain you, oh, this is how I feel, this is how I feel. Because you're such a good God. You know us in and out, Lord. Father, we pray. Yes, we might be tired, but we know through your spirit, through your word, we can be refreshed. We can be renewed. We can gain strength and power. And that's that's the, that's the amazing thing about your word, Lord. And we thank you so much, Father. Lord, we pray even as we meditate on your word, open our eyes, Lord. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Minister unto us. Shape us. Yes, Lord. And take away every hindrance in the name of Jesus, every tiredness in the name of Jesus, and refresh our spirits, refresh our soul, refresh our body in the name of Jesus, Father. We ask you, Lord. We need you. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All ready? Okay, good. A wonderful series, again, as I said, um, we've been looking at, and I'm so privileged to be, you know, meditating this series along with the whole of the church. You know, God loves His church, and then um, he's given his beautiful words to build us, encourage one another, and grow with each other in love for God, you know, love with God and then with one another, which is great. And in this line, we've been looking at Romans 8, and how we saw, just a quick recap of how we saw, this is not an advert of, oh you get this, you get this, you get this, you get that. No, this is like a last will, written will. This is all yours. This is all yours, signed by God. And that is what the Bible, the gospel, the power of the gospel, that is what Romans 8, this is all yours, this is who you are. It's just giving us out. I just want to put the first slide up there, just a quick recap of, uh, oh, shall we, oh, yeah, today's topic is um, in Christ alone, spiritually alive. We looked at Romans 1 to 4 last week, and we're going to look at Romans 5 to 11 today. We're just going to meditate together, yeah, learn from one another, all right? So this was what we, a quick recap of what we learned last week, right? I don't know if you remember the pictures, Okay? We are in the flesh, okay? and before we believe in Jesus Christ, this is our condition, it says we are condemned, we are controlled, and we are captive. Okay? The flesh, this, this inner being in there is, is, is the man there, it's us, and then the flesh covers us, and this is who we are, captive. But when in Christ we saw that we are free, there's no condemnation. When God looks at us, He looks at the Father looks at us in Jesus Christ. Now the whole self was gone into Jesus Christ. You see uh, what to say? The sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ uh, over us, and then we are when God looks at us, he, he looks at us as free from any condemnation, no condemnation. The law is fulfilled in our life. The righteous requirement of the law was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Um, for us and so we are free now. We have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. If you see right in the middle you see a cross and a doubt just to uh, uh, represent the Holy Spirit there, okay? And then He comes into our life. We are in Christ and Holy Spirit comes into our life. This was what we, we saw and so we are under no condemnation is what we looked at. Today we're gonna to look at Romans 8, chapter Uh, Sorry, chapter 8, verses 5 to 11. I'm going to put the verses up there. Yeah, it's already there. Like last time, we're going to read through it slowly. Take a couple of minutes, slowly read through it, try to sink it in, and try to see what we understand from those verses. Right. You read it? Now we're going to read it together slowly. Right? Just follow it as I read it. I have the same version here, ESV version. Romans 8, 5 to 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Nice. Wow. There's two words that keeps coming constantly, constantly. What are the two words? Spirit. Excellent. Well done. Flesh. Very good. Okay? Spirit and flesh. Let's not. See, we, we need to say, if you, if, you, if you look, if you move to the next slide, so I've highlighted it for you quite a lot of things. So it says, there's two things: there's flesh, there's spirit, and if you live according to the flesh, so and so, 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 so such, such things happen. If you live according to the spirit, such, such things happen. And why the spirit, why the flesh, and a, lot, a whole lot of things in there. Okay? So these are all the places where flesh, and uh, spirit uh, and spirit of God, Holy Spirit, all comes into picture. Just a, a simple technique or a tip when you read the Bible. If anywhere, as you read an English Bible and you see a spirit with a capital S, without saying Holy Spirit with a capital S, that means it is the Holy Spirit. It denotes it is denoting the Holy Spirit. If there's a place where it says spirit without a capital S and it just starts with a small. that means it's talking about our spirit or spirit in general. Do you understand? So you will see that coming as well as you read um, um, and you will face it as you read so many other passages so just keep this in mind. Wherever there's S, it talks about the Holy Spirit. So it talks about two lives here. right? And it starts off with living according to living according to. Set the minds on set the mind on, right? It almost feels like it is your decision, you made up the decision, and it's so like you make the choice whether to live according to this. But what actually Paul is writing to when he means living according to is that ownership. He's talking about if you're owned by the flesh and if you're owned by the spirit, these are the things that's gonna happen. The reason why is as though he says set the minds on the things of the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, set the minds on the, uh, you know, um, what to say, uh, things of the flesh. What it means is that you are captive to it. You are owned by it, so you have no choice, but your mind is occupied and influenced and, and filled with such thoughts. When it talks about flesh, you always in nowadays context what uh, uh, you know what it means is a sinful nature from within. A simple description of what a flesh is. How do we know what is flesh and what is the thing that's going on? Anything that is opposing God or opposing the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says in another place in Galatians, the flesh always contradicts the spirit. Yeah, always contradict So anything that is opposing the way of God, or the teachings of God, his way of love, anything that is opposing, that is the sinful nature. That is sinful nature. And we all are in the sinful nature, is what he says. When we are owned by the sinful nature, our thoughts are of that sort. Right? Our mind is occupied by that thoughts, um, such thoughts. When we are owned by the Spirit, it says our mind is desiring and filled with godly, spiritual thoughts, which we're gonna see um, more now. So I'm gonna split it, now see, I've split it uh, um, like Romans 5, uh, sorry, 8, 5 to 8 and then 9 to 11 because this side talks about the flesh a lot and this side talks about the Spirit. Again, we're gonna read that slowly so that we pick out what is our situation, right? For those who live according to the flesh, firstly, what happens? Those who are owned by the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, right? But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's laws. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Right? Next, if we move to the next slide, I'm just going to put a simple pictorial representation of what we just read. Okay? Sometimes it's too complicating. Biblical language becomes a jargon to us, and we think, oh, what is this flesh? This, this, this. Okay? It's as simple as that. Right? You see, this orange fella is me, right? This is my inner being, the black guy. And you see those magnets up there? It's the influence of the thoughts, the mind, setting the mind on, right? And you can see the handcuffs. I'm being chained. This is my character. So what he says, in in a gist, if I should say, uh, if I... Belong to the flesh. If I'm owned by the flesh, or in other words, if I don't belong to the spirit of God, if I'm not owned by the spirit of God, what is what? what when it, when it means, I'll read that again. When it says, uh, "For to set the mind on the flesh is death." The word "death" there was is a Greek word. What actually it means is the separation when the soul separates a body. And because of that separation, the body becomes dead. you right? Do you understand? Because of that separation of the soul from the body, the body becomes dead. And that is what it denotes as death. Same way, in a way, which means that now, now until unless the soul is connected with the body, there's no life. There's no life. That's dead. That's that separation is what it means. What here Paul means is that it is the same state we are in with regards to that the green person is the Holy Spirit, yeah, I've just denoted that, and, and, and the influence, the mind of the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, we, what we are facing is death. In, what it means is, I'm alive. You might ask, I'm alive. How can you say I'm dead? I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm living, I'm eating. I'm going on what? Uh, why do you say I'm dead? Or why does the Bible say that I'm dead? Because this is what it means. Death means we are separated from the Holy Spirit when we belong or owned by the flesh. So the way the flesh owns us, due to that ownership, what happens is we are separated from the Holy Spirit, so we don't have any godly influence, right? And then we are controlled by force. We don't have freedom. What the sinful nature decides that we do, that's what we end up doing, right? We are under bondage. We are controlled. Then we also saw it You know, anyone living according to the flesh is hostile to God, which means, the word hostile means rebellious, antagonistic, okay? So, we rebel against God. In a way, we're trying to say, who cares about your ways? Right? I want to live the way I want to live, okay? I like it. I need to like it. My pleasure. This is how I want to live. I don't care about your way, and rebellious. Why are you telling me how to live? It's rebellious. This state, in this state, we can never please God. We can never please God. It's not that something that we take an effort and try to please God. No, it says, as long as this state is happening, we can never please God. Sad state. And then, our thoughts are, I'm not saying it's all bad Always making, I mean, causing us to do some evil or things like that. Simply putting it, our thoughts are God minus thoughts, right? So the sinful nature, what happens is the thoughts, the influence that he does in our due to the bondage, due to the control it has in our life, is all the thoughts and all our desires, all our aim, the way we live, the the thing that we live for, all is God minus. It's all minus God. Okay? A sad state. Right, now if we move to the next slide, this is what we understand to put, we understand about the sinful nature. First of all, the sinful nature, because of its controlling nature, yeah? It invades. That means this is not your choice. When you were born, after your birth, you didn't try to make a choice. All right, okay, there's a spirit, there's a flesh. Sinful nature, godly nature, mm, I'm gonna choose this way. No, you were born in this nature. I was born in this nature. It has already invaded, invaded. Invasion is without permission. How many times we've, heard, we've seen in history so many countries invade another country without permission, looking at the weakest point and then grabbing and and what happened uh, in the garden uh, of Eden due to that time. Since then, anybody who's born in Adam, we have been invaded by the sinful nature. Next, it forcefully takes control over us, right? It's not like gentle or it's not giving us a choice. Do you want to do this or this? No, it forcefully takes control of us. This is what I want to do. And that's how it is trying to lead our life. It leads our life, or our life moves on because of domination of the sinful nature in our life. Okay, this is what the scripture is very clearly setting up. If you're living according to the flesh, our minds are set on the flesh. We cannot please God. We are hostile to God. Our thoughts are there. In a way, he's not blaming. God is not trying to blame. We heard last week, no condemnation. He's not condemning us, but he's saying, That is the sad state. Please understand. Right? Now, we're going to look at the life through the Holy Spirit. Why is all this, Paul is trying to say all this? Because he wants to really help us to understand the massive difference and the the great blessing that we have through God, the Holy Spirit, coming into our life. Okay? There are... Two great promises in the Old Testament, okay? All, there's so many promises, I will be with you, you know, I'll never leave you, which is great. You know, I go before you, I protect you, I charge my angels. That's quite a lot of things. But if you bring everything to the main great prophetic promise, what God the Father was pouring out through his prophets were two things. One is a promised Messiah, okay, a promised Messiah, right, he was constantly, the the Old Testament, if you see, if you put a gist of that, is that everything is pointing to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, he's going to come and redeem you, the second equal great promise is that, I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit on every flesh, on everyone, on everyone, which means all of us here, okay, and all of us who are going to be born from now on. Why why am I saying this? In Numbers, we read this in the Old uh, Old Testament, when Moses, you know, suddenly few people, few youngsters filled with the Holy Spirit began to prophesy. And then Joshua comes to Moses. Moses, they are prophesying. They're prophesying. You should stop them now. You should stop them now. He says, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? We look at Moses as a, a man who was so, what to say, close with God after, and, and he, he could speak to God. he can uh, God speaks to him. He walks with God. God and him has a discussion and make a decision and all that. You know, what an amazing life Moses led. How many of you have taught and read about Moses, like, I wish I had a life like that? I wish I had a, an experience like that where I can, you know, be one to one with God and all that. You know what Moses says? Moses had to climb a mountain to go to a separate place to talk with God, right? And there's so many occasions where he felt he had to build a tabernacle and, and, and a place, a most holy place where nobody could enter where the presence of God could come in. And all that sets. and this is what Moses replies to the the people, Numbers 11, 29, he says, but Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? They are prophesying, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. This is his desire, he's saying, oh, how I wish that all of us, not just me talking with God, not just me having this experience, but all of you have this experience. He's desiring. It is great having the Holy Spirit. In Acts, um, two, chapter sixteen. Oh, sorry, it's chapter two, verses sixteen to seventeen. When Peter gets up, and he and he is uh, and after the Pentecostal on the Pentecostal day, when they receive the Holy Spirit, he gets up in confidence, full of um, boldness and strength. He gets up and he he talks to the people there about what they are witnessing. He's quoting Prophet Joel, right? This is what he says. But this is what was uttered through the Prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Right? He said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Jesus said, it is good that I go. It is good that I go, because only when I go, I can send you the Holy Spirit. We need to understand this very carefully. We all love to see Jesus. Sometimes I've, I've prayed and I've thought, so, Lord, why didn't you make me be born during the time where you were alive on this earth? What a privilege. You know, I could have you know, seen you face to face, touched you, and all that. But later I realized that, Yes, it's amazing, but Jesus had limitations because he was in the flesh. He can be with only a few people at at a certain time. He couldn't be other places. Do you understand? There's a lot of restriction and limitation because he was in the flesh. But that is why Jesus said, it's good that I go, because when I go, I'm going to send you the Spirit. On who? On everyone. And the Bible says, it is the same Spirit which was... In Jesus Christ, it's the same spirit that comes and dwells in us. That's what we read. Right? It's the same spirit. Remember, it's the same spirit that was at work in Jesus Christ. He said, my spirit I'm going to give unto you. And then when we believe, it's the same spirit that comes into our life, into our life, and what he does is he dwells in us. Now what is so great about this period? Let's read about 1 Corinthians, uh, 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 it'll lead in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses nine to 12. Okay, this is what, when Paul writes about what is the work of the Spirit, or what does the Spirit does, right? This is what he writes from verse nine onwards. That is what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you see that it's, it's, it's a staggered line? Yeah, do you see that uh, that particular verse, all the others are like a kind of a justified thing, that is a staggered line, every time, again another tip when you read the Bible, every time that comes in that means it's a song, or it's a poem, right? This was by prophet Isaiah, <laughs> In chapter 64, this is what he prophesied. They prophesied in such a way that people can learn that song and keep singing it again and again and know when the prophecy is fulfilled, oh, this is what he's been singing. This is what he's been, you know, poetically given us so that we can keep ringing in our mind and our head and keep singing it all along. So next time when you read the Word of God, when it comes like this, many a time you see in Psalms like that, isn't it? or some prophetic words, or Mary's song, and you know, and all that songs, you see that, because that it can be sung, and can be learnt, and it can be kept in our hearts, so let us remember this, okay, and then he goes on, this is what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared in love for us, but it was to us, verse 10 onwards, God revealed these things by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, for His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. What does the Spirit of God do? The Spirit of God searches the deep secrets of God the Father and He reveals it to us. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Do you understand when you mean those who live according to the Spirit have set their minds on the Spirit? This is what it means. The Spirit, only the Spirit of God knows the deep thoughts, deep secrets, and and, and what God wishes, what God wants, all that. Only one person's Spirit knows it. And same way, the Holy Spirit knows what God is thinking. And what the Holy Spirit within us is telling us, or doing within us, is He's sharing what God Thoughts are with us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? He is sharing everything of God with us because His Spirit searches all things of God. Now, we're going uh, uh, to read um, Romans uh, 8, 9 to 11, but this time I've marked wherever it says Spirit and what happens because of the Holy Spirit. Now, we have the promised Holy Spirit who's come in and this has been God's desire that he should send his son Jesus to die for us. Then, not stop there, but send the same spirit which was in Jesus over each and every one of us today so that we can know the thoughts of God, we can understand God, we can live with him. So this is what happens wherever wherever the blue things marks, it says about what the spirit uh, does for us. So I'm going to read from here. You, however his Spirit who dwells in you. On the other side we see, set their minds on the things of the Spirit as well. If you move to the next slide. In a gist of now, what happens to us once we belong to Jesus by faith and then the Holy Spirit is poured out into us so that he dwells in us or we are owned by the, uh, by the Holy Spirit now, this is what happens the flesh, is it taken away completely? No, it's still there. It's still there. We are living in our flesh. But if you see carefully, first of all, through the work of what Jesus has done, right, fulfilling the righteous requirement of the law, what he's done is he's set us free. So the chains or the handcuffs has been removed now, which means that we are no more controlled or no more under the ownership of the flesh, then what happens? If you see, there was a dividing wall which said death. Now that has been completely removed, broken. And what has happened? Now the Holy Spirit has come into our life to dwell in us. The same Spirit which searches the mind of God the Father and shares everything of the Father with who? With only aunts and uncle. Right? with only Felix. No, with each and every one of us. Okay? Look at this. What happens now is that my mind magnet, you see, it's, it's, it's being attracted not to the flesh now, because I am in the Holy Spirit, my mind is being attracted by godly thoughts and the godly nature of the Holy Spirit in my life. And he's sharing all God's thoughts with me. Look how my life has changed just like that. This is the transformation each and every one of us are having and experiencing every single day. Right? And I, I put there, see when, when, see, when the flesh was there, I put handcuffs there. But when the, when the Holy Spirit comes in, I put it, I mean, that's the best way I could put it as hand in hand. He comes and holds my hand. Not with a handcuff and trying, to, you are tied to me now. No, in fellowship. So this is what happens in the gist of what we read now. This is what happens. We are united with God. The separation has been taken away. We are united with God. Now we are in partnership God, we are not being controlled, right? We are not just bound to do whatever the flesh says no, but we are in partnership with the Holy Spirit, which, which grows in fellowship. Next, we agree to what the Spirit says now. So long, I never, I was rebellious to God's law and God's ways, but now I agree to it. Yeah, this is good way, this is right. And I'm I'm delighting in this. Last week we read uh, read those words, I delight in your laws. Now this has become a delight to me. Then we have peace between us and God. We said, uh, and previously on the flesh, when we are owned by the flesh, it said we can never please God. But now we are at peace with God and he's pleased with us. Finally, we have godly thoughts. We have godly thoughts. This is how our life has changed completely. Which gonna again move to the next slide. This is what Holy Spirit done, uh, ha, has done and is doing and will do, continue to do, and this is what happens in our life. You see, where the sinful nature invades, the Holy Spirit inhabits. He moves his dwelling into us. I wanna come and dwell with you. We all know the worst, if anybody hears my noise, I I'm here at the door, and I knock and knock and knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, me and my father will come in, and we will dine with them. In dwelling. Right? He is not invading, he's not waiting for an opportunity, and then, ah, that's an opportunity, oh, you're under my control. No. He moves in. He inhabits, comes and lives with us. Then he gains control through consent. He's not forcing his control over him, but through partnership, through friendship, he's gaining control as we allow him, Lord, I accept you as my Lord. Your ways are better and so far higher than mine. I submit to your ways. You take control. You take control by invitation, by consent. He gains control in our life. Finally, he leads by friendly intimacy, not by domination, by friendly intimacy. See, we have friends, right? We have certain friends to whom we can be really open and honest. And I, can, I, I, I have some friends I can go, to, you're not doing that, right? Okay? And I know that he will listen to me. Because he's so close, we are so intimate. But I have some friends where I don't feel that intimacy or feel that freedom to go and tell them, right, you're not doing that. that I will just be, I think it'll be better off if you do this. Because of the intimacy level. But as we grow closer to God every single day through the Holy Spirit, as he shares the mind of God with us in a friendly intimacy, he leads us, guides us. This is what Paul is writing about. And this is what means being spiritually alive. We saw what was no condemnation means, but this is what we are experiencing. guys, I tell you, when I was reading this, okay, just, just yesterday, again reading, again, and then, you know, thinking and pondering, I suddenly more, I'm being, uh, what do you say, open to this amazing truth. I went like Hulk. I, was, I just did the Lord, is this me? Ah, I feel like the Hulk. Oh. yeah, seriously, I mean, I'm not joking, I'm just being very honest with you. I felt, oh, suddenly I think, oh, no, not the right analogy anyway, but, um, but I felt like, wow, wow, wow. Lord, now I can know your thoughts I thought I'll have to fast and pray and do a whole lot of things, you know, all that special people, special prayer, anointing, and all that. No, 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 you're saying this is for everyone who believes, and that includes me. I can know the thoughts of God. You have come to dwell with me. You are holding my hand in partnership with me. Oh, Lord, I want to give consent to you with everything. Come on, you take the lead. You take the lead. Yes, I want to overcome the, the, the what to say, if, if we go back to the previous slide, please. I want to overcome the attraction of the flesh and not to allow or give control to that anymore. God has set me free. God has set you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes wherever you are. Quickly stop and pray, and then probably I'll hand it over to Felix and he'll lead us in the rest of the time that we have. We read through Romans and we think, oh wow, this is this is, you know, very deep things. But actually, simply this is what it's meaning. Ever since the creation of the world, God's desire is that He that He would pour out His Spirit in each and every one of us. In each and every one of us. And he knows there's only one way that can happen. Until sin is there, that cannot happen. So he knows there's only one way. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place, to your place, and to pay the price so that we will be bought and we will belong to him. We belong to him because we are bought with a price. Why? So that his spirit can come and dwell in each and every one of us. Whoa, Lord, Lord, I'm not worthy for this, Lord. I'm not worthy for this, Lord. Absolutely not. The same spirit that was in you, Jesus, is in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead to life, is the same spirit which is in me. Oh, Lord, forgive my ignorance, Forgive my ignorance, forgive my, Lord, misunderstanding, forgive my lack of understanding. Lord, you have come to inhabit in my life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The only response I have, Lord, is to just say thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you so much. Now take control, Lord. Now take control. God is wanting to reveal his thoughts. His thoughts can be known only by his spirit and his spirit is in you. Hallelujah. We are no more bound. We are no more controlled. We are no more led by domination. We are no more invaded. We have been inhabited the Spirit of God. We are being asked for consent in every area in our life. We are being asked for consent. We are led by friendly intimacy. If there's anything that has helped you today, and you want to go and set right with God, I encourage you, please do that, church. It's not just that, oh, I heard it today, yeah, it was a nice talk, yeah, nice understanding, nice, good, and then not leave it here. Please don't walk the same way. Remember, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Wherever you go, he's with you. I'm going to hand over to Felix now.
0: Father, we thank you so much for reminding us of what life in the Spirit is. And thank you that once we are in you, once we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, your word says that the Spirit lives in us. Lord, we pray that as we go from here, you help us to understand this truth so that we'll begin to live like people who have the Spirit of God in us so that more and more and more we will be freed from the prison of the flesh And that we will develop our intimate relationship with you through the spirit that lives in us. So that our lives will be transformed. So that we become examples to people around us. We ask for strength and wisdom as we do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.